Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey kids, it's Groundhog Day. Hey kids, it's Groundhog Day again. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, back home recording in the studio built here at my home office area, smoking room, uh, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, recording very late on Monday night. Uh, Well, technically, it is Groundhog Day now, so... Anyway, I am uh, back from uh, travels and uh, all that. On uh, this week's show in Pipe Parts, going to talk about a, uh, a blend that I made a year ago. And I'll tell you a little bit about it and remind you about it. And then my guest is uh, Tom Eltang, and I kind of broke the format. This was more of just me and Tom sitting and talking and uh, a- you know asking questions and listening to a master. And I edit it down it's gonna run a little long but uh, you know it's always fun to sit and chat with Tom and uh, you know I miss seeing him anyway uh, so you get that music mailbag and rant all that coming up on this week's episode of the pipes magazine radio show and remember you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show so there you go um, as this show goes out, uh, my son and his wife are returning from their honeymoon. The wedding went off without a hitch. It was, uh, you know, obviously delayed and smaller, you know, delayed from uh, from last July and smaller than it was intended to be, but still a very nice wedding. Everybody seemed to be thrilled. Uh, you know, lots of uh, prepping and planning still, and uh, it took me probably four or five days once we got back home to kind of get recovered from it. So anyway, back home, happy to be here and uh, stay in here for a while. So uh, remember, new shows every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. back on the pipes magazine radio show and if you'll remember back about a little bit over a year ago i told you all that i had gotten my hands on some uh some of the sutliff uh the the sutliff red cake version the 515 rc and i had about two pounds of blending perique um that was all in in strip leaf so it was uncut so i had to cut it myself but here was here was my goal my goal with the sutliff uh, with the Sutliff Red Virginia, was to mix it with Perique at about a 20% ratio, and it ended up being about 16-17% by the time I was done with stems and everything, uh, to mix it and to make a everyday smoke that I could you know, age for. I'm lucky, lucky uh, to be in the position where I could age it for 5 to 10 years, and have a Virginia Perique that would be a good all day long Virginia Perique, you know, nothing fancy, just good and reliable. Uh, so what I did with the Sutliff was the first thing I did was I cut the bags open and let them air out a little bit and turned them and got some of the moisture down. And then I stacked cases of pipe cleaners on top of the open bags and I left those kind of sitting on the floor for a day or two. Kept checking them to make sure that they weren't getting too dry because I didn't want them to dry out too far. Uh, got them down to where they were almost, uh, uh, yeah, almost on the edge of being crunchy. All right, sealed the bags back up, 
and then for another four or five days, just let the bag sit in a sit in, in a bright sunny window. And I was doing this in December and January of last year, so we all know it was kind of cold. Uh, but again, I was just trying to get some sunshine on it and speed up the aging and get the and get the humidity or the the moisture balanced in the blend. All right, so I played around with those and I got the tobacco tasting uh, kind of where I wanted it on that neutral side, you know, that that kind of neutral Virginia taste. And then I cut up the uh, cut up the Virginia Perique and jarred it up. Now I packed the jars so that they weren't real tight, but they were tight. Uh, not a lot of air in there, and I'll tell you right now that that was a mistake. Um, I waited exactly a year before I opened up one of the jars. I opened up the jar, started playing with it, smelled it, and let me tell you, first of all, the perique that I used was fairly stout. So I realized right away that what had happened sitting in the jar was or sitting in the jar for the year was the perique had started to take started to take over the Virginias. Uh, and the Virginias kind of became the background to it. Now, here's what I did to try to fix that. I took about an ounce of tobacco out and put it in a jar where it filled up the jar about halfway. So, you know, little tiny uh, half pint jars. I don't know, the, the ones you're, the, you know, the ones that people use for jams and jellies and stuff. Anyway, half full of tobacco, half full uh, with air. And just let it sit again in some sunshine for a couple of days and then opened it up, let it air out for a minute, closed it back up, and let it sit for a whole nother month. And the past couple of days, I've been smoking that blend, and that blend has turned out to be really good. So here's what I'm going to do for the, the process going forward. Uh, anytime I want to have like an ounce and a half or 50 grams of that, I'm going to put it into that jar let it sit for a couple of days air it out let it sit again for a couple of days and then it should be good and then as i get more and more air into that big fuller pint jar that fuller pint jar will start the process even faster the bad part is i've got another 11 jars or so that are sitting and aging and they're packed real tight. So somewhere down the road, I'm probably going to take on the process of buying uh, three, well, two more dozen jars and opening up those jars and thinning it out so that instead of, you know, <laughs> instead of packed real tight, they're going to be packed loose because apparently this blend needs more air to it. Uh, for those of you that think that this is going to replace a McClellan blend, you're wrong. It's a different taste, different style, but again, it's a Virginia Perique that I messed around with, that I made here. You can buy bulk blending Perique. You can buy the Sutliff Red Virginia bulk. You can buy all that from smokingpipes.com and make yourself a Virginia, make yourself a Virginia Oriental, make yourself a Virginia-based uh, Latakia blend if you want to, if you want to ruin it, just kidding. Sorry, don't get all mad. But anyway, you can do that. Uh, the final thing that I have to do is I have to, because of the way I cut up the Perique, I have to run it through a, uh, through my little coffee grinder to break it up a little further. So that's, but that's just me. You shouldn't have to worry about that because you're going to buy all cut stuff. All right. That's what happened. That's where I'm going with it. Uh, if you try something like that at home, let me know how it works out, but make sure and give it a year or so in the jar to balance age, marry and get everything going. All right. Any comments or questions, uh, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the pipes magazine radio show page. And in just a moment, my, uh, conversation with Tom Eltang. This is internet radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. 
So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back, and I will introduce uh, introduce to you the one and only uh, Tom Eltang of Eltang Pipes of Denmark, and our conversation starts here. The uh, the the pipe maker of uh, boy Tom, it was I think it was six or seven years ago when you were first on the show with me. But you make the ultimate smoking machine. And some of my favorite pipes, the little Eltang pokers. Tom Eltang, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back. And yes, time flies. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me, I wanted to have you come back because I think you've been making pipes for 50, almost 50 years now. Almost 50 years, and you're only 39 years old. Yeah. Um, but you've been in the you know right there in Denmark for 50 years making pipes. We all know about Iverson, you know, the Everson family, the Conowitzes. But when you started making pipes, you didn't work with them, you didn't train with them. Who who taught you and who are the pipe makers that you really respect and 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 enjoy looking at their pipes? Well, I, I started with uh, Aunt Julie in, in Copenhagen uh, uh, right after school. And back then, uh, most of the pipe makers were still located in Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, and and they were all f- fairly new, uh, as I was. Uh, the old guys in the business back then was, was as you say, the, the old Everson and... Uh, and the old Konovich and, and guys like that. Bayou Larsen, f- former, was was also one of the the masters back then. And then we were a whole bunch of, of, of young guys that all started <laughs> basically at the same time, uh, where I probably was the, the last one to start and, and by far the youngest. Uh, but uh, Aunt Julie was also at that time pretty pretty young in, in the pipe making uh, trade because it was only six years after her husband died and uh, she also had to take time off just running the company uh, and, and seeing to a lot of stuff. So she did, she wasn't spending a full day in the workshop every day. So, so she didn't have that much experience back then. And, and, but, but she had the artistic, uh, uh, mind so uh, the the craft I more or less had to learn myself but but the the whole uh, way of approaching pipe making uh, uh, she's always been very good at uh, and the same thing about life in general you know uh, <laughs> so I, I I learned a lot of things by and Julie about about life and uh, about yeah life in general uh, and then the the pipe making thing was something that i more or less have had to learn myself uh she knew the basics of course but uh, every time she took a block and and went to the desk center i always just stopped working and, and sat down next to her and saw saw how she was doing it because <laughs> she, she was very good at it. she is very good at that you know uh finding the lines, the shape, proportions, all that. And back then she was not quite as crazy as she is today. She could still <laughs> make a, <laughs> a, a decent uh, normal looking pipe, more or less, you know. Uh, so, so she, of course, she was a bit, has always been a big inspiration for me uh, and a fantastic person. But from the pipe making thing, the old Everson will always have a big star because he was basically the guy who invented the whole craft. 
uh, that also makes it a lot easier. Uh, but you still have to come up with it in some and and have the courage to to go out there and 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 try and sell it. Uh, but then you have the 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 opportunity that everything you do something a little bit different than what the whole world had been doing for 100 years uh you did something you went fantastic you know it's getting harder today and make something you went fantastic i can tell you that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because it's all been done and 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 just 50 years ago you know there was a lot of stuff that hadn't been done so it was a lot easier to come up with something uh, new and spectacular without making a spaceship, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or or yeah, with, but, without making a pipe so crazy that there's no place for the tobacco. Exactly. Uh, I I never became a pipe maker to, to make stuff like that. I just wanted to make smoking tools because when when I got the idea of being a pipe maker uh, when I was six. You know, pipes as an art form was basically not existing. You know, pipes were tool for smoking tobacco and that was it. And, and, and that's the reason, uh, you know, I went into the business not to, to become an artist or express myself or anything. It was just a, a craft that I thought that I could handle and, and a nice, uh, nice outcome. Uh, I like the fact that when I go home in the evening, you know, I can actually see what I've been doing, and uh, and that something had happened. You know, I couldn't, I, I would never be the pipe maker. Well, I just made the snail, uh, a snail, snail, uh, and it, it's three days full work in, on a pipe like that. But you know, then I'm I'm stretching my uh, my patience. Uh, because when you've worked on the same pipe for three days, you know, you you look at it. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> you, you know every you little really line. that you've done that much, you know. Other days when we make the basic, you know, we can make a hundred pipes in three days, you know. Uh, then you really have the feeling that you've done something. But when you've just been sitting sanding for three days and made one pipe, you know, it's... It's not real work in, in my world, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's a different style. It's a different style where somebody may work on one pipe for three days, set it down, and look at it for a day. You, in the meantime, you might you do some wonderful hand carved pipes, mm. but you do them in between all the all the other production. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of your Sunday off is I go play with that pipe over there in that corner. Yeah, yeah I have this routine around uh, 12, 12.30 in the night. You know, I can go and find a couple of nice blocks and then I sit down by the desk center and uh, I see what happens. And then when I meet in the next day, you know, I do some of the rough work during the day, but I also have a lot of other stuff. And then in the evening, I do I do the the freehand L tanks, and then during the day, you know, we do a lot of the the more production style uh, work. Yeah. Uh, that's the advantage of doing two two full time jobs every day. <laughs> <laughs> you have twice as much fun as other people. Well, I go home from work twice a day. <laughs> and, you know, if you know how good that is, you know, it's doubles as good. <laughs> uh, who are who are some of the other pipe makers from the past that you admire? Are there names that we should look for? Bonor was fantastic. Yeah. He, he was a fantastic craftsman, you know, uh, a little bit limited by the fact that he was in a wheelchair. But uh, what he was able to do, he did to perfection you know and uh where some of where Sixten also had a, a relatively big production you know he produced pipes uh uh also smoking devices with a with a twist but as i said back then you know if you just made the egg you know with a piece of bamboo on he he was actually i think the guy who 
came up with both the bamboo uh, shank and the horn shank and all that stuff. And that was because he was so cheap that he didn't want to waste a block when there was a flaw on the shank. Then he thought, ha, ah, how can I save this one? And then he came up with the bamboo and the horn thing. Uh, <laughs> he went to the Chinese restaurant, stole the bamboo out of the window and made it. No, back then we had a, a, a company in Copenhagen uh, that made walking sticks. Yeah, that was a big article. or the, It wasn't, but they still existed. And they imported uh, horn and bamboo for uh, for the walking sticks and stuff like that. So there was actually it was pretty easy to get stuff like that back then, because there were still industries or remaining of the old industries that used that kind of stuff. So there was the the whole feed chain, and that's what disappearing now. That's why stuff like that is is getting so difficult to to get hold of is because. If you're the only one using them, there's not an impulse or, or you know, uh, uh, so, uh, but it, it was easier back then. And, and we all bought our stuff uh, at that place. If we had to go, I have to go abroad and talk about pipe makers. Uh, I think that Kate Goto in Japan is probably at the moment the, the, the best pipe maker in the world. But I see American pipe makers that make pipes so perfect, you know, mm. that it actually looked like it was made on a CNC machine uh, or whatever. Uh, and that's amazing craft. But they they need a little bit personality, you know. Uh, okay. You lose something when you when you go this exact. Uh, you you can't see the person in the pipe. Uh, and I teach my guys here in the workshop that, you know, if it looks nice from all the sides when you look at it, you know, then it's a good pipe. You can, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter if you look that it's a little bit off at one side or whatever. It doesn't matter if the overall look is there and, and you, you, you keep, uh, you know, of course, there's a limit. Also, if I had three old 16 mouthpieces, and when I looked at the, the lip here, I could see they were all off to the same side, you know? And when you looked <laughs> at the stamp, there was 20 years be, or 25 years between the pipes. But he still, you know, was filing the, the lip, so it was a little bit thinner on the right side than it was on the left side, and, you know? And... And that's how it is, you know, that's when you can see the guy in the pipe. Uh, I've seen some bent pipes when Ulf made pipes, you know, they could be so off that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it was still a super nice pipe because when you know, you can only see a pipe from one side, you know, and if it's nice there, you know, it, it, it can be a little bit off where, you know, sometimes they're made so perfect. Uh, also some of the Chinese and the Russian and the East European pipes, they are really masters of the craft but, you know it takes more than that unfortunately, you know uh, uh, there's more to it than just having a little niche where you're super, super good Is it Uh, something that they can get that personality over time where they and repetition or is it just in the is it inside them that they have to find it i think it also has to do something about the speed that they make them with you know because if if you're a little chinese or or russian pipe maker you don't need to make the same amount of money that i have here in denmark yeah. uh, you know with very high living costs between 50 and 60% tax, 25% VAT, you know, uh, I mean, if I make one pipe and a Chinese guy sold that, you know, just at, at, at the price that I'm getting, he could probably live for a month, but I have to make one every day uh, to pay all the bills and just have half a decent okay. living standard. Uh, and, and back when we started, uh, now we sell directly to the to the shops back then we had 
had importers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I started, uh, you got 25% of the retail price before the VAT. Uh, so if you weren't fast, you didn't have a job. Because if you had to make a living, uh, and, and back then pipes weren't that expensive as, they, as, as some of them are today. Uh, and then 25% of the, of the retail price. If you didn't make, you know, Tony told me that, you know, when Teddy was working at, uh, at Baby Larson's place, uh, if you didn't make at least 12 freehand pipes a week, uh, he wouldn't make a decent salary. Um, <laughs> and now if he makes 12 in a year, it's been a busy year for, for Teddy. Many years ago since he made 12 pipes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he had to do that every week uh, because the, that was the, there was another link on that one. I think I, I worked there... Uh, I was there for a week uh, during, you know, at school we could choose some uh, for a week to go in a workplace to to see how it was to 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 have a real work. And I was by Bill Larson for a week, and I calculated that they got sixteen percent of of the of the retail price of the pipes in the shop. Uh, so uh, so all the old pipe makers have an extra gear and and no when enough is enough also because we make basically something that people put in put in their mouth and and bite in it you know and put fire into it you know so yes you can you can spend four hours polishing your mouthpiece so it's completely you know but if if it's meant for smoking somebody will bite in it uh, an hour after he buys it and then you know is it then worse those six hours and and could you get there in 20 minutes and get 98% of the way and is that enough you know uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the way also I couldn't spend you know I'm, but I, when you saw a bone or mouthpiece it was so black and so shiny and so uh, smooth and everything that it actually looked like it, that you could look right through it you know Uh, and it's amazing but you know he spent six or eight hours uh, sanding with 1200 sandpaper on a file and polish you know and it was a science and and it's amazing it's I I just couldn't do it you know Uh, because I'd rather make the, the your favorite smoker that lives in your pocket and maybe look like shit but it works, you know, when you're smoking. And we will interrupt the conversation right here for a break, so we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And now we were back with the rest of my conversation with Tom Eltang. But, but could Bo Nord make just a straight billiard? Yeah, yeah, but it, it took some planning, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, uh, now, if we ask if we ask Tom Eltang to make a straight billiard, he could do it while drinking a beer and cooking dinner at the same time. Yeah. So, uh, I've done it before. No, it also comes by the numbers. Yeah, I've made it. To, uh, yeah, there's very few people. Even those guys who've made pipes for much longer than me, and, and that's only a handful now, uh, they haven't made close to the numbers pipes that I've been making. Uh, so routine, you know, muscle memory. I know what to do next time. Uh, it's. I still enjoy coming up with something new or whatever if I can 
find the funny material or another way of doing things or whatever, a new tool that does something else. But all the basic stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember somebody having a set of all smooth pipes that came in a suitcase that you were showing off that you had just made maybe two years ago. So, so that means that, uh, that you, you still like to do those high polish, high fancy ideas and, and do them. Yeah. 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 But it, it's basically something I do to just to challenge myself, uh, and see if I can, actually do what my mind comes up with you know that's uh that's the fun part yeah uh and we are already we are working on the next one as well so uh <laughs> no no uh no advanced secrets on what it's going to be no it's it's going to be a globe where the pipes are hanging inside and then when you press a button it'll open up and then it, the, the northern hemisphere will rise and the pipes will fold out. Uh, <laughs> and then there's going to be a little moon next to it for tobacco. And then, and you'll love this one. You know, Tintin going to the moon? Yeah. I'm going to make that rocket where you can take the antenna and then that's the tamper and the scratcher. And then you can have pipe cleaners inside. <laughs> so you get a, a moon rocket, a moon, and an earth. Uh, <laughs> Wow, so that'll probably cost more than a uh, than a traditional bamboo poker. But um, uh, Tom, I have a lot of pipe makers that listen to this show. A lot of younger pipe makers. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, just get some pipes done, and then you know, there's three words that I always say when it comes to pipe: proportion, harmony, and balance. Stuff has to fit together, you know, it has to make sense at some point. You can always play and there's always other, you know, you can go this far one way or this far the other way, but, but you know, it has to be a whole and then just makes a, a the more pipes you make, the, the more routine you get. And then look at pipes and, 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 and have an opinion, you know, know what know exactly what you think is nice and what is not nice and why then it's a lot easier when you make pipes uh, not to fall in the traps and making something that you actually don't like when you're when you're designing a pipe shape are you making it for you for you to be happy with or are you making it more for the customer to be happy with when, when I do the freehand pipes I always let the briar decide you know, it's, that's the easiest part. You take a block and then you make the pipe the best place uh, in, in the block where the grain is nicest and everything, you know. And then it, it, I, I, I can't say never because, of course, it happens. But uh, normally when I take a couple of nice blocks from, from the from box and, and go and to make a pipe. I have no idea what I'm going to make because I, I see what happens and I read the briar and because if you make a drawing, you have to spend a lot of time trying to find the block that fits your idea. It's much better to let your idea fit the, the block. It's kind of like working together with the briar instead of working against it, you know, and trying to force a shape into it that maybe is not there and stuff like that, or spending uh, hours just finding the right block for, for the ideas that you have. So I let the prior decide when you make a turnpipe, when you make a billiard or a bulldog or whatever, you know, I, I, I'm, I just make them as I think they're nice, basically. But you can make all pipe shape so it's a nice pipe if the proportions and all the stuff is right, yeah. then every shape is a nice pipe. It might not be the one that I would buy to smoke, but as long as it's a, the, the right pipe for that shape, there's a guy out there that, that loves that shape and that will buy it. But I can still make it nice, even though it's not, you know, I can make an, a pipe that I think is ugly and I can make it a nice pipe, uh, <laughs> basically. Uh, 
and I led the bri out of sight. And and at the end of the day, you only smoke your basics and your pokers anyway, so you don't want to have pipes hanging around. You want to make sure that they get sold because you just want a little basic or a poker. Yeah. And I, you know, if I should only make my favorite pipes, that would be it, you know, and uh, we could probably make them and sell, you know, because there's there's such a high demand on, on those small pokers that uh, we can't keep up with it at the moment. It's crazy. But... Uh, we make everything, you know. That's if you also comp- if you see a lot of it, if you take goes on the internet and and look up Paul Ilstead, for instance. Yeah, and you you can find a lot of pictures of Ilstead pipes. If you look at it, it's actually six or seven shapes, and that's it, you know. There's uh, this and uh, two bulldogs and that one and you know, and th- and that's basically what he did his whole life. And then you can get extremely good at it, and you can even variate them a little bit. But but basically, it's it's even Lars Iverson. If you look at his pipes, you know, have you have you the big Iverson book? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's also basically the seven, five, six shapes. Yeah, it's the big, the big, it's kind the big of a... big one, you know, yeah. the thick one, going out, going in, you know, blah, blah. Uh, but there's not a lot of variation. Uh, and for a lot of pipe makers, that's... I want to try out in all the corners, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we, uh, you know... Uh, also, because otherwise, I think I'll, I would get bored. Yeah. Uh, so once in a while, we have to try something, you know, completely. And it, so there's not there is some shapes, the poker and 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 some of my free hands and stuff like that. That's be, the the Eskimo and pieces like that. That's became become kind of my my shapes. Uh, but otherwise, I I don't have you know that seven or eight shapes that I do all the time. I, I try to come out in, in much more corners because <laughs> uh, the, you want to hit as, as big an, an audience as, as, you, as you can. Also, because, because I work so much, I have a, a bigger production uh, than most other pipe makers. So I need more customers. Uh, if you only make 50 or 100 pipes a year, you can make fewer shakes because then you don't need more than 100 customers a year. If you make 500 pipes of l tanks and 500 Sarahs and 2,000 basic, you need more customers, you know? Yeah, so talk to us because the, the basic pipe has come out since since the last time we talked. Tell us what it is. It, it's just a small, small... Pipe in the it's idea. basically just a little poker with a with a carbon shank and a, and an acrylic mouthpiece, as as basic as it comes, but uh, you know, functional as hell. It can't break. Uh, it's light. It sits. It's relatively cheap, uh, and it's just a cool pipe. Smart and modern, we say. Yeah. And there's <laughs> there's no wooden shank at all. The the. Nope. The carbon fiber shank goes all the way into the bowl, so yeah. less fragile, smaller piece of wood. Yes. And then one of the advantages is those pieces of, of wood in those sizes, the the, the guys who cut the, the briar, very few people buy those small pieces. Uh, so they don't save them if the grain isn't nice. Because if somebody would buy them and there's no grain in them or they're bad, then they won't buy the next ones. Yeah. So they only save so small pieces of briar if it's good briar. So the quality of, of those small blocks are actually super, super high. And then at the same time, uh, 60% of them we rusticate because that's how this, the sales is. So, so the smooth ones... We can actually make in a in a briar quality that you only see on really high end pipes because uh, 
it's it's a little fraction of of what we do and uh and we're and we're talking the- about a pipe that retails here in the US for $170 made in your workshop and and while we're talking about your workshop uh can we can we talk about the fact that you have not quit making pipes and you have a whole the the rumor that you have a whole bunch of people working for you and all you do is stand there and talk and drink and smoke um that's partially true but not all true no no i i have the two guys helping me uh johannes and, and mike my apprentices buy pipes and, and sewer pipe and and they make their own pipe and then they help me a little bit uh mike helps me with the rusticated uh, because my my hands can't do that anymore uh, they're worn down and johannes uh helps me with the saras uh, all the L tanks I still make myself, uh, but uh, Johannes just went into apprenticeship as a carpenter, Uh-oh. so he's only here in the evenings and in the weekends uh, if he's not too tired, because he has to get up earlier than when he worked here. Uh, <laughs> but but he'll be back. He just needed to learn something more than pipe making because. He's going to be a pipe maker. He doesn't doubt that. But he sat in that chair when he was 21 and and kind of figured out that he was probably going to sit there till he turned 80. And then, you know, he wanted to have another network and, and something else that he could, uh, that he, he, he thought he could, he could learn. Uh, so, uh, so we maybe- pushed him and said, that's a good idea. And uh, he'll be gone for three years and then he'll be back. How long do you have a do you have a pipe maker apprentice with you before you think they're ready to go? Well, Mike Mike has been making pipes uh, for f- five years now. I think uh, he had a ha- half time job in the beginning as a greenkeeper in a in a golf club. Now he's a full time pipe maker. And he's starting, you know, he's improved a lot the last six months after he quit his full-time job and and make and makes uh, pipes at full-time. And, and that's that's a pleasure to see. Johannes was a little faster because he had me all the time. <laughs> uh, Mike works from home. Uh, and I, he could only, I could only teach him stuff when he was here in the workshop where Johannes has, has, has come very fast far away in, in he's been here for four years now and he had some basics from 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 aunt julie and 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 he knew more about it to begin with so uh, he he's gonna become i i promised him that when i leave the planet he's the best pipe maker left <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and and he will not carry on the Tang name he'll have his he'll keep making he'll have under his own name. He took uh, his grandfather's name, Sua. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that's what he's going to do. Uh, and Mike makes his own pipes as well. So they only help me out with, with some of the stuff. Uh, and, and basically at the moment, it's only me in the workshop. And uh, I, I'm so much behind with everything that it's crazy. But fortunately... This is not a business where the world goes under if I don't make the pipes enough. But, you know, they're all shouting at, and you have to decide who to disappoint, you know, and that's just, it's always just not a good feeling. I, I always had the discussion with my customers that thankfully we're not selling medical supplies and people don't need a heart right away because we're, we're selling something that most people have multiples of and yeah. can go a couple of days without it if we're slow. And the expectation is sometimes the, the biggest joy. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for, uh, at least for me, you know, <laughs> I can decide at some point that now I want a new bigger flat screen, you know, and then I can wait a whole year or two years maybe to buy it, but I, I can look forward to it for a whole, because when it's bought and it's hanging there, it's just a television like the other one. <laughs> but but the, the expectation, you know, I can really drag that for. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then finally, before we go, 
the Danish pipe shop, you're you you seem like you're always there and uh, what's going on there and how are things going? No, I'm, I'm not always there, but uh, I, as a part owner, I have to show up once in a while. My wife is working there sometimes. Uh, I was there today and uh, uh, the first lockdown didn't hit us very hard. Uh, this second one is, 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 is pulling teeth out. I, uh, but uh, we still have our internet business and it, it, it's running. It's not that we're complaining compared to other businesses, but uh, uh, it looked like the first time when people were locked down, you know, they didn't know what to do. And then they went on in, online and bought a lot of pipes, basically, you know, and a lot of tobacco. Yeah. Uh, this time around, they kind of got used to it and have other things, stuff to do. And uh, so, uh, and with the total lockdown of all the shops, uh, we are still allowed to open because they, we are essential. <laughs> uh, Denmark and, and here in North Carolina, they didn't shut down the tobacco shops because they know that that's essential. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but there's no customers because when all the other shops are closed, you know, nobody comes to Copenhagen. Uh, yeah. And people work from home, so there's nobody in the offices and stuff like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a ghost town. When you when you go into the store, do you spend some time looking at the pipes that are for sale to see what else Always. is? Yeah, yeah. It's also good because with with the social media and stuff, you know, uh, trends can show up, uh, and and then people start asking for that shape or that. Um, do you have and and I, I get the feedback uh, probably faster than than most other pipe makers. So I can I can go with the with the flow, you know, because as I said, for me, making a pipe, uh, you know, uh, if it if if the outcome is a nice pipe, I don't care what it is actually. Uh, so if Nikolai say now people are asking for this shape or that shape, you know, I can I can move pretty fast. Uh, and he can get it fast because, you know, he can actually have it a few days later if I <laughs> think it's a good idea, you know. So uh, so that, that gives me an, an edge. Uh, and, of course, I have some of the best dealers in the whole world. And uh, I kind of become the same. I think in this kind of environment we have in the world at the moment, you know, I'm kind of the safe choice. If you were going to buy a car online, you would probably go for a Volkswagen or Ford or something you knew, you know, that was working and that was, you know, if it breaks down, you know, where to go and all that, you know. I'm, I'm that choice in the higher end pipes at the moment, also because I'm available. Uh, and and that's made me very busy. And you're, and you're kind of, you're, you're a cute Danish guy too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, I, I, I just try to be a decent person. It, it's not more complicated than that, you know. And, and with with my job, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, I talked to Johannes. He had a he was leasing a car, and he said uh, when he delivered the car after three years, you know, there was this little guy going around the car, finding all the scratches, the dents, and everything, writing it down and telling the guys who leased the car and thought that now they were out of it, how much they owed to get it repaired. And that's a shitty job if you do that all day long. Yeah. You know, uh, in our business, nobody buys a pipe and and gets mad. You know, it's something you, you, you buy to to please yourself, to, to reward yourself, uh, something you think you've earned or whatever. And, and you're glad when you leave the shop, you know. The other kind of job, that's kind of a shitty job. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're lucky, and uh, that makes it a lot easier to be nice and, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and friendly. It's more fun to make pipes than it is to clean the streets. It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Especially that's in Copenhagen. <laughs> In Copenhagen, those streets get kind of dirty after a while. 
they do all, all everywhere I've been, streets get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as when you're in Copenhagen, just watch out for the crazy bicycles. Yes. Yeah. They're still around. <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for doing this. It's always good to catch up with you. Good to see you again. Glad to see that you're still making pipes and not you you haven't hired a whole bunch of elves and dwarves to work for you. And well, we can start a little conspiracy theory that, that small children are coming out of the walls after 11 <laughs> and I beat them up and uh, eat them and drink their blood and have them make pipes all night. <laughs> You can uh, cut that one out. Yeah, no, I think I'll, I, I'll leave that in, and you, and that'll be perfect. Because after all, it, it's good to be a pipe maker, right? It is. No, it, and at the moment, there's nothing else to do. Basically, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm fortunate; uh, I can still do my job. And uh, over here, it's cold, and it's dark, and it's windy, and life sucks. But uh, I can make some pipes. Cold, dark, and windy. That sounds like summertime. <laughs> no, it's it's cold. <laughs> it's it's and at three o'clock in the afternoon, it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I tell people where the weather where the weather is bad, the drinks are really good. All the bars are closed. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll stay here. Thank you. <laughs> Tom, thanks again. I'm looking forward to You're welcome. Uh, looking forward to seeing you again in person. Have me back one day. Yep. On your on your 50th anniversary. How's that? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> right, we'll make a party. Yeah. I'm actually I bought some Bitcoin at the right moment. Not a lot, but I'm I'm waiting till they go to the to Mars, and then I'm gonna have a new workshop. <laughs> the first... If I make a fortune on my Bitcoin. I'm going to spend them on a new workshop. I decided that with a better view, but I'll make it as cozy as this one. I can, I can promise you that. <laughs> and, and you can get all those elves and dwarves in there and have them making pipes. We, we bring them with us. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Stay safe. Okay. You too. And that ends my conversation with uh, Tom Eltang. We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, sewer pipes, S-U-H-R, are the ones being made by Johannes Rasmussen, the grandson of Paul Rasmussen and Anna Julie, and now working alongside Tom in his workshop. And the other guy that he mentioned, Mike Sebastian Bay, B-A-Y, also available on smokingpipes.com. And uh, you can find uh, Tom's <laughs> Tom Eltang's basic pipes under the uh, Tom Eltang listings there. So check those out. All right, for music, uh, I don't know why. Just pick this one out. And it's uh, Ian Anderson. And this is a uh, song off of an album from uh, about six, seven years ago. It's called The Engineer. And I probably like it because it's train related. So you get to listen to it. <laughs> All along the new straight track we plow the old fields under Seven good feet and a quarter inch broad rails to steal the thunder A one hundred picks and thirty-six head cabins to meet the maker As black box tunnel worms its way past the company undertaker 
Is a trade street, stand lofty and serene. Home to the Naker and his last two miles. To sleepy Kensal Green. Our cast in Ireland, engineer, God left his empire. Distance scraping, furnace busting, plays the winning card. Our Ian Anderson, pipe smoker, flautist of fame of uh, Jethro Tull. This is off of his album Homo Erraticus from uh, 2014. Let's see what's in the mail. And lots going on in the mailbag to get caught up on over the next couple of weeks, but I'll do my best to get through a few of them right here, including this one from, uh, from Far. Uh, I'm I may butcher your name. I apologize, but Farshid Hushmand from, and he writes, "Dear Brian, I hope all is well at your end. I've been smoking for 15 years now and manage a pipe smoker community." of about 400 to 500 smokers named Guitar and Pipes in Iran and create content about anything guitar and pipe related. I've been following your work around and wanted to thank you from all the way down here in the great Middle East. You're touching so many lives with your work and are appreciated even here. Shine on you. Take care. Well, thank you very much. Uh, That came in a couple weeks ago and, you know, that's some cool stuff. Uh, just, you know, we're just one big happy world. Uh, and then, uh, Dylan writes, Brian, I love the new information shown in the podcast apps. I used pocket casts. Uh, the pair Jensen interview was a lovely tribute to Henrik, truly unique and special content. We cannot get anywhere else. Loved hearing Sorcerer's Apprentice as well. Take care, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, you can thank, um, you can thank Kevin for that new stuff because he did it and then told me afterwards and I was like, oh, that does look different and kind of cool. Yeah, so anyway, that's a, that's all that stuff that Kevin does that I really don't know how he does it or what he does to do it. Um, but anyway, he does it. So I don't know anything about it. Um, also, Casey Ghost writes regarding Per Jensen, uh, the Rattray's Marlin Flake was a good review, but I was left wondering why this tobacco is still being produced. It seems to be sitting in the middle of not good enough to be this tobacco and not good enough to be that tobacco. 
The interview with Perry Ensign was highly enjoyable. The guy has been on the show three or four times already, and he never has enough time to tell the whole story of something. Uh, Mr. Hallberg seems a fascinating guy who restrained his dictatorial sense by a strong commitment to his company and the company motto. You don't buy anything unless you have the money. Uh, I really got tired of companies' reliance on lawyers and accountants as mainstays of their leadership groups. All these guys do is tell you why you can't do something. Uh, Henry VI in Shakespeare's play had the right idea when he said, let's kill all the lawyers. <laughs> it's a good idea, but a little extreme. Music was surprisingly good. I found it enjoyable. Well, there we go. Uh, and then Dino says, uh, Pear, and you hit all the right notes in your reminiscences uh, and of homage to Henrik Hallberg. It was an informative and entertaining and warm tribute. Bobby Womack's version of Jonathan King's song was wonderful. Thanks, Dino. Ah, uh, you're welcome, Dino. So we got two people that actually like the, 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 you know, usually Dino and Casey Ghost are on the opposite sides. And then going back to last week with uh, Kyle, uh, Pipe Tradition writes, Great podcast and guest, Brian. It's great to put a voice and face to the articles written by Kyle. You caught my attention regarding baking tobacco. McBaron Vanilla Flake was my go-to tobacco when I started, but for some reason it bites me terribly and I can't smoke it anymore. I'll have to try baking out the bite. Yeah, try baking it out or uh, sunning out the bite. And then our friend Casey Ghost says, uh, Kyle was a good guest, quite knowledgeable. Still with my single taste bud, I can't tell leather from raisin, uh, from pomegranate. So he isn't much help to me. Uh, still haven't figured out what the hell he's, he's EBF Nevada music was. Uh, and, and why, what the hell is EBF Nevada? <laughs> yeah, that's that music thing. Uh, and then uh, Casey Ghost says music was okay. All right, well, we didn't get him this week. I'll try again. I'll keep trying, I promise. I'll keep trying. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can go to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine and post them right there. And in just a moment, rant time. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I had an interesting conversation with a young guy at Walt Disney World last week. Well, almost a week or over a week ago now. And here's how the conversation went. I commented on the very nice Seiko watch that he was wearing, and he said that it's the closest to a Rolex that he's ever going to get. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, I'll never be able to afford one. And I said, well, if you put your mind to it and you think about it and you set it as a goal, it may take you a while, but you can get there if you set your mind to it and put it as a goal. And a lot of that applies to us pipe smokers, too, especially you newer pipe smokers that are just starting out that may not be able to ever get a tom l tang pipe or smoke a 10 year old aged virginia tobacco you know what if that's a goal of yours and you put your mind to it it may take you time and it may take you you know saving 25 cents a week whatever it is putting that little bit of money aside if that's a goal set that goal it may take you time but don't give up on that goal until you get to it that's how we make it through life we set goals for ourselves and the successful people push towards it. I was reminded of that also this week when I was uh, when I saw Rick Newcomb's uh, YouTube video on his new book that he's got out on bodybuilding. It's setting goals. If that's what you want, you push forward. If someday your goal is to have one of those Bo Nord pipes that Tom was talking about, you know, it may be a long-term goal, but 
you set that goal and you work towards it and you see the progression of it coming and you get towards it. It's just like doing this little radio show. We made a commitment to do it every week and now we're, you know, here we are years later and we're doing it every week. The goal was to put it out every week. So set your mind, set your goals and you will achieve them. All right, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Tom Eltang for sitting down with me. And bomba until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny Guess what? It's Groundhog Day again.